Welcome, everyone, to the Full Life Podcast by Grace Church, where we hope to inspire, challenge, and clarify your next steps in faith. I'm David Lawson, and today, Pastor Bob Federoff and I will be talking about the book of Revelation. So this is going to be a six-hour podcast. Uh, No, just kidding. Actually, we're just going to be giving a brief overview of the book just to give us all a little orientation that will help us the next time we read it on our own. Well, welcome, Pastor Bob. Uh, Good to be with you. I'm looking forward to this overview of this very intriguing, complicated, yet important book of the Bible. But before we get into it, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself for those who might not yet have been introduced to you or to your ministry? Thanks, Dave. Uh, I've been looking forward to this opportunity and uh, anticipate uh, the moments we're going to share together. Well, I have been associated with this church now for 41 years, for 36 years. Wow. I was a lead pastor here at Grace, and it was a great privilege to serve in that capacity. Uh, Four years ago, I stepped down as lead pastor and turned over the reins to Pastor Nick Cleveland, who's now our senior pastor and doing a wonderful job. Mm -hmm. Currently, I have been serving as pastor of development here at Grace, which means I focus on four main areas, stewardship, leadership development, I do a lot of teaching still in our ABFs and other settings, and then pastoral care. I love what I'm doing now, and I'm delighted to still be a part of our staff and our church. Uh, Roxanne and I have been married for 45 years. Mm -hmm. We celebrated our 45th this summer, and it's hard to believe. I think we were only uh, like five when we got married. (laughs) Um, And then we have two daughters who are both married, and we have six grandchildren. Well, it's been great seeing your family grow up. And of course, you and I have had the privilege of serving together for a number of years and uh, looking forward again to today. I think you and I would agree that the book of Revelation is a book of the Bible everyone wants to know about. Mm -hmm. And in general, people have this kind of love-hate relationship with the book. They love reading it, and they love what they think they're going to be learning from it, but they hate that they can't understand what it means. There's like so much imagery and symbolism that the Apostle John uses to describe some of the events that it's hard to understand and be confident in when we're reading it. On top of that, you kind of have to have this a pretty good understanding of the rest of the Bible if you want to have a chance at deciphering what's actually going on. But of course, that's why you're here. That's why we've invited you to help us today. We're going to be sorting out all of those details uh, over time. Of course, there's only so much that we can do. Now, earlier, you and I talked about the fact that there were actually two key books that set up our understanding of future events. Book of Daniel, which is a, a book of prophecy in the Old Testament, and then the book of Revelation, which is the last book in the New Testament and the subject of our study today. And what we said was that they were complementary to one another. If I can put it this way, Revelation is Daniel in detail. It explains a lot of what Daniel only mentions briefly, sometimes really just in a few brief verses. Now, before we go any further, I just want to clarify a mistake that I hear people um, saying all the time when it comes to this book. I hear people referring to it in the plural. It's not revelations, plural. It's revelation singular. As a matter of fact, the Apostle John uh, clears that up for us in the first verse of the first chapter where he says, the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his events, or his servants, what must soon take place. I just wanted to clarify that for people because I hear that mistake. It's a common mistake that people make all the time. 
now that we've got that out of the way, let's, let's get right into it. Uh, maybe we can start with a broad overview of the book. You have a helpful outline of the book that helps us put the whole book of Revelation into perspective. Why don't you start by sharing what that is? Yeah, gladly. Um, years ago, I came across uh, this outline, which really helps to provide a perspective on the entire book of Revelation. But before I get into some of the details of that outline, I want to just give you a key verse that uh, really frames the entire book and uh, kind of sets the stage for what we're going to talk about. In Revelation, the very first chapter in the 19th verse, Revelation 1.19, it says, Write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. That kind of reminds me of the old uh, Christmas carol with a ghost of Christmas past, <laughs> Christmas present, and Christmas future. <laughs> what you have seen, John is supposed to write about, what is now, and what will take place later. So the Apostle John, who is the human author of the book of Revelation, is supposed to write about past, present, and future events. Of course, most of the book of Revelation focuses on mm. what is yet to come. Mm. So with that in mind, uh, let me just share with you this outline that is not original to me, but one that's been very helpful to me over the years. Mm. Uh, again, the focus of the book of Revelation is the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, the book should be called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Mm. And so we can divide the book into three segments or three sections, all of which focus on the Lord Jesus. In the first three chapters, the Lord Jesus is introduced as the Lord of the churches. After some opening comments concerning his preeminence in chapter 1, we're told about seven different churches that receive letters in chapters 2 and 3, letters to churches like the church at Ephesus or Smyrna or Pergamum or Thyatira or Philadelphia and so forth. There are seven different churches that are identified. Mm -hmm. Each one of those churches in their day had specific characteristics that were addressed in these letters. It's interesting because you can find these kinds of churches with these characteristics in every period of church history since then. Today, there are churches with the characteristics of the church at Ephesus or the church of Thyatira or the church of Philadelphia. But these were literal churches in the day when this book was written and they had specific characteristics at the time. So Jesus is introduced, first of all, as the Lord of the churches. Hmm. And then starting in chapter 4, all the way up through chapter 18, Jesus is described as the lion over the nations. Hmm over this world. He is the one who reigns and rules as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. However, during this time on earth, there is great turbulence that is described in these chapters. Most of these chapters, starting with chapter 7 through chapter 18, describe what we would call the tribulation or perhaps even the great tribulation. After introducing a glowing view of heaven in a vision in chapters 4 and 5, we begin to come across a set of judgments. There are three sets of seven judgments each that are described in the following chapters. First, the seal judgments, there are seven of those. Then the trumpet judgments, there are seven of those. And then the bowl judgments or vile judgments, there are seven of those. Toward the end of each set of these judgments, 
the next set of judgments is introduced. So there are actually 21 judgments described on this earth that really are the fulfillment of what scripture describes as the wrath of God that is being poured on, out on this world because of the rebellion of mankind. So Jesus then is really pictured as the lion who's mm. coming to judge mm. the world with the wrath of a holy God. Now, throughout these chapters, we're also introduced to uh, what I would call parentheses or uh, some sections of these chapters that give us a description of some interesting characteristics and characters that are alive during the tribulation. For instance, we're told about the two witnesses or the two beasts. We're, talk, we're told about two signs and several proclamations. So we call these parentheses in these chapters that are especially focused on the great tribulation and these 21 judgments. Following this section of the book of Revelation, which concludes with chapter 18, we are introduced to Jesus as the Lamb for all eternity. In chapters 19 and 20, we're told about how he comes to rule and reign as King of kings and Lord of lords over this world and to establish his millennium where he rules and reigns on the earth. And then following that, the Lord Jesus himself establishes a new heaven and a new earth where we have the privilege of enjoying his presence and all that he's prepared for us for all of eternity. And that takes us through the end of the book. So we have Jesus in the first few chapters as the Lord of the churches, and then the bulk of the book deals with the Lord Jesus as the lion over the nations, and then finally he's introduced as the lamb for all eternity. I think that's really very helpful because I think we can get so wrapped up in the symbolism and the imagery of the book that we forget about the point of the book. And the point is to reveal who Jesus is and that he is the one who is worthy to be worshipped and that he is the one who is the Lord of the nations and the Lord of our life. I think that's really, really very helpful because sometimes we can miss the forest for the trees. So is there any more detail that, I know that you gave us an overview, you gave us a little bit of detail, but is there any more detail that you would like to provide for us in this overview of the book of Revelation? Well, I think probably that's yet to come in some of the other podcasts that we're going to do, but uh, I, I find a lot of uh, intriguing descriptions of what's going to be happening on the earth during these judgments mm -hmm. that we call uh, the tribulation or the great tribulation. I really believe that we should identify this section of Revelation as the great tribulation hmm. because it is a time when God's wrath is being poured out on the earth. It's a time, frankly, where the book of Revelation tells us that the Jewish people endure great hardship. They apparently are introduced to a covenant with the man of lawlessness that we'll describe later, who promises them the sky hmm. and perhaps even the opportunity to rebuild their temple, but then breaks that covenant with the Jews and they become the target of his individual wrath for the rest of the great tribulation. So there's tremendous upheaval that's happening during these judgments. But ultimately, the book of Revelation points to the time when the Lord Jesus himself will deliver the Jewish people and ultimately bring in his rule and reign as king of, king of kings and lord of lords for all of eternity. 
Well, thank you, Bob. That, that's really very helpful. And uh, I think now when we tackle this book on our own, uh, we'll be much more oriented to its purpose and to how the Spirit of God inspired John to write what God was revealing to John about those future events. And really, it is a book, of course, about the Lord Jesus, but it includes the church, it includes the nation of Israel, it includes how God is redeeming people to himself and how he is judging sin uh, with his full wrath and how it reminds us about how seriously God takes sin and we shouldn't take it flippantly ourselves. So, Bob, if there was a next step that you think we should be pulling out of this overview, as you know, being a part of Grace Church, we always believe there's a next step. We believe that whenever we uh, read the Word of God or it's taught to us or it's preached to us, that God impresses upon our hearts, or at least we should be seeking out a next step in our life. If you were to pick out a next step that God is impressing upon you that you think would be profitable for us to take, uh, what would that be? Well, I have two okay. suggestions. I like that. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. Um, first, if you've never read the book, there's a takeaway that's easy, right? Just right. read through the book. Now, there are Good. 22 chapters. It won't take you all that long to read through Revelation, even though there are 22 chapters. They're fairly short chapters. Um, so read through the book. And if that's too overwhelming, then just read the first chapter. <laughs> get, a, get a glimpse of who mm. Jesus is mm. and uh, get an understanding of his role in setting all of this up. But my suggestion, of course, would be to read through the whole book. Get an overview. There'll be a lot that you won't understand initially, um, perhaps some things that are confusing. That's okay because you got to get the big picture in view first. Hmm. So that I'd suggest that if you haven't read the book of Revelation, that you read it for yourself. Now, if you have, here's the question. Hmm. I think every one of us should ask, in light of all that's coming, hmm. and frankly, there's a lot of this book that's not pretty. Hmm. Uh, it, it really describes a lot of, a lot of heartache that's going to happen in this earth. And frankly, you and I are experiencing heartache every day. Sometimes that's personal. Sometimes it's related to our families or friends or even just the world in which we live. There's heartache everywhere. We tend to focus on what's negative, don't we? Mm -hmm. We tend to focus on our problems. Mm -hmm. So the question I would encourage you to ask yourself is this. How filled with hope mm. am I? Mm. The Apostle Paul said in Romans, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so mm. that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might mm. have hope. Mm. Now, the good news about the book of Revelation is we know who wins. Jesus Amen. wins. That's right. He absolutely wins. There's no question about it. Ultimately, he's going to rule and reign. That ought to provide hope for us. Mm. In the midst of all kinds of confusion in our world today, that ought to provide encouragement and hope. In the midst of your own personal heartache mm. and suffering, that ought to provide hope. Mm. It's one of the reasons Paul wrote to Titus, we wait for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Amen. Jesus Christ. Mm. The Christian life really should be characterized by hope, mm. confident trust in what God is going to do in the future and what he has for his people. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, if you haven't read the book, read through it. 
and if it's too much for you, as uh, Pastor Bob has said, read at least the first chapter and get acquainted with Jesus. And then ask ourselves the question. There is reason to hope. So ask ourselves the question, how hopeful am I living my life? And how much hope do I have looking ahead in my life, knowing that God is in control? And if you've yet to establish your relationship with Jesus Christ, if you have not begun that through asking him for the forgiveness of your sins and to lead your life, uh, this is the day for you to make that commitment, to become a follower of Jesus Christ and be someone who receives that hope for yourself and become a person of hope. Well, thanks so much, Bob, for those great insights. Uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, watching you and listening to you describe these events that uh, you are so acquainted with, but uh, affect a people, a nation of people that you have a big heart for, the nation of Israel, and then also the church uh, that you've given your life to. And uh, it's just been a wonderful time. Thank you for that. You're welcome. We're so glad that you could join us. Uh, we trust that today's podcast has added to and strengthened your faith journey. Remember, Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. Our prayer is that you would pursue the full life God has for you.